Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to our Pride of Detroit podcast emergency session day two of the nfl draft is in the books and boy do we have some stuff to talk about because it was it was an entertaining night where day one i think the lines took a pick where everyone thought was certainly a possibility day two provided twists and turns that nobody i tell you nobody predicted and so we need to convene we need to talk about it we need to to try to calm the masses perhaps if we can or maybe we're going to stoke the fire of the masses uh, but today we, we've got a new crew with us, um, an, an emergency crew. Hopefully they'll be they'll be putting out the fires and not uh, throwing gas on them. But but we'll we'll see. I'm not going to tell them how to feel. Uh, first with us is is John Whitaker at Whitaker on Twitter. He's our social media guy, but also writes a little bit for our site. And he's a resident Canadian. How are you doing, John? Doing very well. Does it bother you that I always identify you as a Canadian like that? No, I like to represent my home and native land okay good and then we've got jerry mallory who some of you may have met on thursday night um he was kind of the the head of our party planning committee jerry how are you doing tonight what's up guys i'm doing pretty good despite uh, a little bit of fear early on but i think pride detroit kind of calmed me down man got a little oh. info on these guys now there we go. There we go. And and what's what Twitter do you want us to plug, Jerry? Because I know you got a couple out there. Let's do at Jerry Mallory NFL. Let's go with that one. Hit there we up. go. All right, guys. Let's let's jump into it. Let's jump into the Lions' shocking, shocking second round pick, Jelani Tavai out of Hawaii, the linebacker who a lot of people had going in day three in this camp. And and as as I searched and searched for this guy after the lines had made the pick and, and just about everyone in the media room kind of turned to each other and goes, who, you know, that's something that you expect to do on day three, not so much with your second round pick. Um, but only, only a handful of guys you could find. And and granted one of them were, was, was a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that I really respect um, Dane Brugler over at the athletic had him as a, a second and third round pick, but um guys what what were your initial reactions and and what's your your feeling now you know five or so hours removed from from the pick itself well let's start with jerry what 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 happened when when the jelani tavai bomb dropped yeah i knew exactly who this guy was i'm, I'm a draft <laughs> genius um i actually mocked him to the lions um, uh-huh. it, that tweet got deleted though no i mean my reaction was like everyone else's man i was like mm-hmm. who in the world is this guy so the thing of it is we're sitting there was it pick 43 Yep. Right? So we're sitting there at 43 and there were several guys that, you know, many of us would have been happy with, whether whether you like Greedy Williams or not. It's a guy there. Uh, we have some affection for Amani. Uh, I'm not even going to say his last name wrong, but the cornerback. Um, who are you? Oh, are, you. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what Jeremy just said. It was a number of guys. I'm not going to give all the names. So when you're sitting there at 43 and you're expecting, I mean, if there's 10 guys you're kind of comfortable with and then there's another 50 guys you've at least heard of and it's you know i'm not a draft guru but 
you know, I follow it enough and it's just a complete left field move. And then you talk to some people that's in the know more than you and they don't really know who he is. I, you know, I had the same reaction, like who in the world is this guy? But I, I, I calmed down a little bit. And I, we'll probably talk about that a little bit later. Don, how about you? Same? Uh, yeah, basically the same. I mean, I am a person, I do quite a few mock drafts and it was really out of left field. The thing is, it's a name that I recognize just kind of seeing his name go by on the ticker every once in a while <laughs> while I'm doing a mock, right. but it really didn't jump into my mind as someone the Lions could target as early as the second round. I mean, I think linebacker is an underrated need. It's something I've been harping on for a while now, but it's, uh, as Jerry said, it's out of left field. Yeah. And I, I do think that last point you made though is an important one because when, when you talked about the Lions needs going into this, second round and and we had our own post on it too and linebacker wasn't on that list but you know cornerback obviously need edge maybe wide receiver maybe uh linebacker I I think absolutely is a need I don't think this team has a lot of depth beyond their their three starters and I don't I wouldn't even call Devon Kennard necessarily starting linebacker is more so a, a, a starting edge you talk about Jared Davis, you talk about Christian Jones, neither of those guys blow you away. And there's basically nobody behind those two. And what I found really, really interesting about Bob Quinn's comments after is how much he talked about like, Hey, we were really looking at a linebacker this year and the guys that are natural fits in our defense are extremely rare. He said, there's only a couple every year. And, you know, if you wait a year, you might not get one. So this was a guy they were scouting since October and and for whatever whatever they see in Jelani Tavai is someone that that combines a, a rare you know a rare build. He's got really long arms. He's got a lot of strength. Um, but it, it from an outsider perspective, it's still kind of hard to see that fit. It's hard to see exactly what this perfect mold of a player is that only fits in Matt Patricia's defense or the Patriots defense or whatever. But it, it's it's interesting when, when the lines make a pick like this or anyone makes a pick like this, I find it interesting. That's like my first reaction. It's not anger, which seems to be everyone's kind of go-to emotion. It's like, okay, this is a mystery. I got to figure this one out now. I think year after year, I tell myself this, I kind of give myself like a prep talk and I say, Jerry, you, you don't really know as much as you think you do. You're not a GM. <laughs> um, to be honest, a lot of the, the, the guys that get paid to do it don't know as much. You know, the NFL guys aren't looking at uh, Mike Mayock or he's a GM now. They're not looking at these drafts, uh, these mock drafts to figure out who is the guy to pick. They have right. their own system. And year after year, there are guys, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's just the nature of the draft. But year after the year, they pick a guy that was really not on anyone's board. Or sometimes there's names and we look, oh man, why isn't this guy picked yet? And he doesn't get drafted until the fourth or fifth round because he's a known name. We thought he should be drafted earlier. And a lot of times those guys don't pan out. So I give myself that pep talk year after year, but yet and still when it's a Tracy Walker or if it's this uh, Tavai guy, you know, I kind of get upset. Uh, But at a certain point, I kind of go back into that mode of, well, Jerry, you said this beforehand. You don't really know. These GMs have their own process. And one thing that Quinn said that kind of ring true with this pick uh, last week, he said a lot of his draft board was already decided at the end of December, meaning the measurables, the combine and the post draft uh, post college season hype 
didn't factor in with him as much. And that's one of the biggest things that moves guys up or down with people that aren't GMs. So, right. you know, Quinn and company saw this guy. They like what they saw. I guess they said they even started looking at him last spring. So almost a year in the works. And yeah, uh, yeah supposedly he didn't have a good combine or his measurables, if he even did them, his questions to it. But Quinn said that a lot of his draft board uh, was already decided before that stuff happened. So yeah, I'm feeling a little and, bit better. And, and just to be clear with Tavai, he had a shoulder injury, wasn't able to, to, participate in most of those things and then finally he wasn't able to participate in hawaii's pro day but then he had kind of like a second pro day they didn't specify which one he went to went through drills that's why there is some some information on his pro day results um john is is there anything in the you know two three four hours of cramming that you've done on jelani tavai since the pick was made that you like something that's made you turn on the pick a little bit maybe think that maybe bob quinn knows what he's doing and i should shut up which I'm not I'm not saying you personally should shut up. I mean, all, <laughs> well, all the, the fans that are angry right now. The the biggest thing, um, Jerry said this, and it's like, I if Bob Quinn vouches for him, there has to be some level of credibility there because, uh, as as Jerry said, we we just don't know what kind of scheme the Lions are going for. Like even after uh, a year under Matt Patricia, like I'm still not entirely sure what this defense is going for like it's it's hard to predict and if this is a guy that they said hey he's a perfect fit for the defense and they were willing to spend a pretty early pick on him you know it in my books it looks weird but at the same time they have a scheme that they want to go for and if he fits the bill then you know it it's a bit hesitant for me but he does get the thumbs up on on that end the the one thing i found very interesting about him as a prospect and mind you this is about five minutes of watching him <laughs> watching tape of him after the pick was made and I, I bring it up because Quinn also brought it up was just the way that Hawaii used him and how versatile he was and I know versatility is one of those buzzwords that you'll hear for 99 percent of NFL draft prospects this weekend but his tape was was staggering because in a game he would literally be lined up on the edge like a Devon Kennard play where he's basically a pass rusher, basically a defensive end. And then he'll drop back to middle linebacker where he's just dropping into coverage like a normal middle linebacker. And you really don't see that that often. You, like you'll see a guy up on on the edge in a defensive end, whether his hands are in the dirt or not. And maybe he'll drop back to like a Will or a Sam linebacker where he's covering, you know, covering tight ends, um, still being in run defense. But he was like dropping back and uh, I think Bob Quinn used the term bubble middle linebacker. So he's like Jer- Jared Davis in there. And it, it, it's just kind of odd because not only is that rare to see, but it's extremely rare to see in college because everyone is so specified in college. And I have to think that's something that, that really drew Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn to, to, to Vi and maybe, maybe that versatility is, is what we'll see in just him being all over Jared Davis, being all over Christian Jones, being all over even Devon, Devon Kennard being all over. But, but like you said, John, like who knows who really knows? Like we can pretend that we know every little box of this Matt Patricia defense, but a, then they throw in a guy like Jelani Tavai, who doesn't have great measurables, doesn't have necessarily the prototype that you'd think would fit in this defense and and Bob Quinn, you know, says he's got such a natural fit in this defense that he's like uh, one of uh, one of three people in this draft. And you're just like, what? How did we miss that? 
I didn't see I a lot know. of. Sorry, I, I didn't see a lot of linebackers. Um, I, I did kind of want Devin Bush, not so much Devin White. Yeah. Um, I didn't see a lot of linebackers after probably Devin Bush that I thought would really fit with this scheme as well. Now, right. granted, you know, I didn't make my way down to this Jelani guy, but um, uh, I, it was a low-key need. I'm glad John mentioned that. I kind of agree um, yeah. to where last year, I think Christian Jones had a better second half than first half, but he was really non-existent the first eight games. And then with Kennard, you know, he likes to play a little bit with that jack position. Sometimes he'll be a defensive man. Sometimes he'll be a linebacker. So really the only full-time linebacker is uh, that I like, you know, was Jared Davis who had an up and down season, but I think he'll be decent. So um, yeah, it it was kind of a low key need. And like you said, Jeremy, I think that buzzword for Patricia's defense is scheme versatility, right? Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to touch upon is, um, I can't remember who said it, but a, someone mentioned that uh, the the Patriots were actually interested in him. Yeah. And I think this kind of reinforces what we mentioned about us not really knowing anything because like a lot of times with the draft process, we go through and we have kind of this draft board set in our head. Like, okay, this guy is kind of like a, a third round prospect. This guy, oh, you know, he's day three, whatever. And then when the draft finally rolls around, all of a sudden we see guys going earlier. We're like, huh, this seems like a really weird reach and then a few days later we hear oh yeah so-and-so team was targeting him i mean we saw this last year with frank ragnow um originally i thought that that was kind of an early pick and then all of a sudden we hear that oh yeah like the Bengals, they were interested in picking him so like it really shows that you know draft boards are super diverse and if you have a guy that you like just get him yeah and and I think this is partially a result of draft season just being so long, four or five months for us, that I think we see a little bit of groupthink where we all just kind of like converge all of the mock drafts and big boards that we've seen and just assume that someone like Cleveland Farrell is going to be a, a, a 20 to 25 pick and not a top five pick. And and the guy like Jelani Tavai just goes completely under the radar because we've already got our set 20 top linebackers or whatever. And and you're right, just we, we don't know. And, and this is why I hate draft season, to be honest, is because there's no way I can look at all these prospects. So we all have to use heuristics and and rely on on draft boards that we see from other people. And when we get to that point, we we lose guys like Dane Brugler, who I think does a fantastic job. And I'm not just saying that because he had Giovanni, Jelani Tavai high, but um, you, you do kind of lose the, the nuanced uh, – media scouting when when there's just so much content out there for five months but we need to move on to the lions third round pick uh they they trade up in this round um which seems to be kind of a favorite of bob quinn moving up in that second round and certainly would make sense in this case they move up seven spots i think with the vikings which is kind of odd enough but it only costs them their second sixth round pick and they grab boston college's will harris uh definitely a name that i think a lot more people were familiar with but again, it seems like the the natural reaction here was a little wishy-washy. Um, either you guys have any big takes on, on Will Harris and, and maybe what your initial reaction was? Uh, yeah, so Will Harris, unlike uh, Tavai, is actually a really good athlete, which is yep. always a positive note in uh, my draft board. Um, so it, that's always good. And, you know, I really don't mind having size and speed on the defense in the secondary. I think that always helps. I mean, obviously with uh, Glover Quinn gone, there is kind of a hole there because, I mean, I know Tracy Walker is, you know, looking pretty bright right now. And we do have digs, but I think having just that third guy at the very least can add, as we talked about before, more scheme versatility, right? You can plug and play based on matchups. And I think 
realistically, I'm happy with the trade up too because uh, I think the sixth rounder was essentially at the end. I think it's like yep. the, the last non-compensatory uh, pick. Yep. So realistically, I'm I'm totally fine with it. I think the value is good. Um, I think what you kind of mentioned, some people were still kind of iffy on it, and that's really just due to some of the other names that were on the board. I mean, obviously, if you look back to some of the needs, like cornerback is pretty important. We were looking at guard, wide receiver. And so there are some of those names that, as you mentioned, are are bigger names and they have more hype surrounding it. And when you see them slide down the boards, you think, oh, we can finally capitalize on this. We can uh, grab this guy. It'll be a steal. And then when they pick another guy, I mean, as I said, I still think it's good value. Um, it just, it leaves a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth, but I, looking back on it, I think, give me a few days and I'll be pretty happy with the pick. Yeah. I felt, I felt a lot better about this pick, uh, than the other one for the fact that I actually heard it of Will Harris before. <laughs> I think, I, I think I saw him play too. I don't, I don't know if my mind's playing tricks on me, but I, I saw a few BC games, uh, last mm-hmm. year. I think he's someone that will, uh, will be someone that the fans are really like in preseason because he he's got the speed he'll be flying all around he's he's got a, a pretty nice set there in terms of being a big hitter so I think he'll he'll be someone that uh, as the fans get to see him he's going to kind of pop a little bit on the field um, I don't know a ton about him other than the fact that uh, he fits that athletic trait so with him and Tracy Walker and Quandry Diggs they have some options to do some three safety sets um, it kind of pushes Tavon Wilson potentially out. And then uh, what's the guy, Adrian Amos, who uh, we just brought in. I don't know. His job might be on the line now, too. Uh, but, Andrew, um, Andrew Adams. Andrew yeah. Adams. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm playing the Chris Perfett role here today. Sorry. That's okay. You, the double A names. It's double A. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Amos. That's the guy from the formerly of the Bears, right? That's right. Yep. All right. Shout That's out to Chris. Right, shout out to Chris Perfett. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think this guy, you know, you draft him this early. I know he's going to have some, you know, special teams ability and different things like that. And he's not going to start, but I think he's going to get a decent amount of snaps. So that kind of pushes double A potentially out, maybe Tavon <laughs> Wilson. But, uh, you know, it, it was a much better pick just from the fact that I knew he was seen him a little bit and he has that athletic profile, like John said. Yeah, I I don't know. I maybe it's because it, it doesn't give me like the the thrill of the adventure of trying to figure out who Jelani Tavai is and how he's going to fit. I'm not quite as enthused about this one. And I the athletic profile is big, and that means you know there's potential there, untapped potential. But for me, it's just kind of hard to see his fit here, um, because as kind of a more of a strong safety type, like that's kind of what I thought the Lions were going with last year with Tracy Walker, and now they have kind of a second guy who also is going to take a little bit of time to adjust um part of me thinks that maybe the lines just went a little too comfortable with this pick and that there's familiar familiarity there with the boston college ties that that the lions have with paul pasqualoni being defensive line coach a couple of years while will harris was there bob quinn said you know he obviously has a lot of ties to the city of boston being from uh new england so he went and visited a practice or two of, of boston college and scouted harris personally um but he's also a leader. Um, he said a scout referred to him as the heartbeat of the team in Boston College. So another high character guy, another guy who's who's going to work his tail off. You know, he sounded very excited when he had his teleconference this night. And my question is just fit. Like, where where can we find snaps for this guy? And and I kind of get the feeling that he's going to get the Tracy Walker treatment that that he did last year, where it's going to be mostly special teams, maybe some snaps here and there, but. I just don't think the Lions should be ready to move on 
from a guy like Tavon Wilson, just because that's a veteran who knows the system really well. His, his voice is going to be very important in this now very young defensive backfield. I mean, even Quandre Diggs is still pretty young. So uh, I guess I'm a little bit still concerned, even though I did think safety was a need um, that now that they have two really young guys that, that kind of have somewhat similar profiles and that they're tall, they're long, they're willing to hit. Um, there's still questions about their coverage, though. I think Tracy Walker is probably a little bit better in coverage than, than Will Harris, who only had, I think, two passes defended in the past two years. Um, but, yeah, I, this, this to me was maybe the most underwhelming pick of the draft. And I know that's weird coming right after a guy who was projected to go in the seventh round by some people. But um, I, I think part of it is what John said. You know, the, the Lions did have some corner stall on the board. I think J- Justin Lane went a couple picks after them. Nate Davis, a guard, went right after them. I think I think maybe the Lions could have gotten better need with their with their third round pick, and that's that's personally what bothers me a little bit more about this pick. Yeah, I think what Connor McGovern went shortly after there too. I am a little bit worried about the guard position. I think yeah. you know of of everything that we've done this off season, um, especially now that you know we did need a tight end. No matter what people said, we needed another tight end. Um, and like I said, uh, linebacker was a low key need. Wide receiver is a need, but I just don't think we have a starting uh, right guard at this moment at all. I, I don't know what the plan is. Uh, this Abouche guy or Terrell Crosby. So I'm a little bit worried that in the first three rounds, where I mean, you know, first three picks, it's a good chance you're going to start. Not saying the fourth rounder can't start, but I, I am a little bit surprised that. Uh, you know, in day two, we didn't address guard at all. And then right after uh, this pick, I agree with you, Jeremy. You see uh, Nate Davis go and then Connor McGovern after that. You know, two guys that probably could have went in and had a legit chance to be our starting right guard. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that position now. But I know I know you've got June 1st cuts and some other things that could happen, but still. All right, let's, uh, let's quickly move on to day three. Um, guys, I just need a name or two of, of guys that you'd like to see the Lions target with their last five picks in this draft. Um, is, is there a position that you're looking at? Is there a specific guy that's still out there that, that you'd like the Lions to target? John, let's start with you. Okay, so I'm actually going to go through um, the article that Hamza wrote earlier today, looking at the biggest needs because it is still relevant. So cornerback <laughs> yeah. right off the bat, Amani Oruarie is, yep. is a dude I really like. Um Looking at guard, a dude I like, not just for his name, is uh, Yelda Fro- Froholt. Froholt, yep. The, the Danish uh, guard. Uh-huh. Um, he might be a, you know, day four, day, uh, not day four, round four, round five kind of guy. Um, and then if we look at wide receiver, uh, a guy I really wanted was um, Deontay Johnson, but he actually got drafted by the Steelers. So I'll look into it. I, I know that the name that some people have thrown out is someone like... Uh, uh, Oh, what's his name? Um, Hunter Renfro from Clemson. So I, I, we'll I was a big Hunter Renfro stand, but for some reason, everyone has him as like a late day three guy. Yeah. Basically, what I mean is I think they'll look towards getting a slot receiver because that is a big uh, hole for them right now. Yep. Jerry, how about you? I'm trying to temper my expectations of what I want now and, and <laughs> just kind of looking for what the Lions have done. So I've wanted a like a pure pass rushing you know, smaller, speedy, defensive, and that's just probably not what Patricia is going to do. So yeah. you got Isaiah Bugs, who's a defensive lineman. You know, he's got the Alabama ties. Uh, you know, he's, he can he, he can play a little bit of inside, outside, kind of like that tweener guy, defensive and defensive tackle. He's about 290 pounds. So I'm looking at him. And then uh, Hakeem Butler, 
he's a big target. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can he can go up and get the ball, but he doesn't get great separation. And I think that's already an issue with the Lions. So, I mean, he's kind of, you know, he can help in some ways, but he doesn't fix some of our problems with receiver. But uh, the value there, I think, in round four for him would be pretty good. And then, yeah, Monty, man, for cornerback, I'm I'm not going to try to say his last name. I don't care if you help me with that one, Jeremy. I just don't want to have I don't want to have any more mistakes tonight, man. It's late, and but Amani as well, the cornerback. It is late, and I appreciate you guys joining us uh, for this kind of emergency late night podcast. We're trying to get it out there to you guys Saturday morning so that you can get up to date with everything that happened on Friday and everything that's about to happen on Saturday. One thing we haven't talked about is the Lions are going to grab a, cor- a quarterback, right? That's oh, yeah, Tyree. Tyree Jackson, maybe. That, that'd that be kind of fun, right? There you go. There you go. There you go. But anyways, uh, just a, a programming note, we're not going to have a, a direct podcast after the third, uh, third day. We're going to wait and do a massive podcast on Sunday night, hopefully release it for you guys on Monday morning. But until then... Stick around at prideofdetroit.com. We're going to have all the written content you need for this weekend, all the grades, the best players available, everything you need, analysis, highlights, everything. So go to prideofdetroit.com right now, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday.